Welcome to For What It's Worth, an introduction to and exploration of the furry fandom. And now, Rue and Tugs. So, welcome to For What It's Worth, Season 4, Episode 16, Hand Up Your Puppet. The topic today is puppets in the fandom, and we have a lovely guest that's coming all the way from Florida, and his name is KP. We'll introduce him a little bit later, though. What is that dinging? It's my Apple Watch reminding me. You owe the me. entire show a beer now. Yay. The it rule is now of beer off. is in effect, madam. <laughs> All right. Well. So, Tugs, what have you been up to? Um, I've been up to many things. Um, I don't like to do this often, but I would just like to uh, apologize to the audience. I have traditionally edited the show on my gaming laptop, which is a really nice uh, Pulse 17, which I bought from a company called Main Gear in New Jersey. They're really nice. Uh, the motherboard failed, and I have been fighting with them for the last four weeks trying to get my machine figured out to the point where I haven't heard back from them about my machine working at all or if they've even received it, even though I know they have because I've called them seven times. The bottom of the, uh, the moral of the story is, number one, this company's terrible, and number two, that's why the show may be having some slight differences in the audio quality. I'm still using the same software, which is Adobe, um, but if you noticed any differences, my apologies. I'm doing my best to get by on my surface, which is still a pretty good substitute. Um, other stuff I'm doing, uh, Kingdom Hearts 2.5 is back. I, I said I got it a while back and then I had this, I took a break. Uh, I picked it back up and I'm enjoying it because I have no gaming laptop. Uh, I, I, have you played Splatoon this week? I, I don't have Splatoon. You so have no, roommates I... who have Splatoon. Um, actually they don't have Splatoon yet. Oh, so well, I haven't played it either, but I heard there's new stuff, and I just want to see if you had any opinions on it. You don't, so I'll just move right along. Unfortunately, I don't. What what opinions do you? I don't know. I haven't played this stuff for this week. Oh, okay. I've been busy. I I saw that they included the paintbrush, you know, the other day, but that was a while ago. That but... timer is set for five hours. That's pretty awesome. I just realized. That. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, it's you can still do the math. Um, Heaven's Ward, which is the 14 expansion. I know there are 14 players in our audience. Early access began today, and I like the title screen. That's as far as I've gotten. Um, but I'm excited. I'm going to be going up to Seattle in a couple of weeks for the 4th, and I'm looking forward to not dealing with things that I don't want to think about. Take me with you. Oh, no. Aww. Take the whole I audience no with money. you. Every Everybody wants to come with you. We could just, you know, get into your clown car, because, you know, you own a clown car. I do. So... Since when? No, you used to own a clown car, your little bug. Oh, no, I don't have that anymore. <laughs> so what so, have you been up to? You know, I wanted to talk a little bit about E3. Uh, I don't want to, so you just tell your opinions. I think I was I was super, super disappointed by Nintendo's presentation. I thought it was horrible. I know. First of all, they announced a Star Fox, which is never a good thing. Well, And then second of all... I'm okay with Star Fox. That was okay. So no, he, is every furry. Here's my problem with Star Fox, okay? It's the unpopular one. I think it's a fine show or series on its own. I think it's okay. The ultimate problem I have with it is that every furry out there gets this boner for it, and it drives me up the wall. It's like you should evaluate the game based on its merits, not on the Crystal fact that... Crystal needs to be the new Smash Brothers character. Well, it's just like, <laughs> it's like look no. beyond just the face of the characters and if there's actual depth in there for 60 bucks. And no. People don't do that. Ooh, ooh. Like, people freak out. If, like, like, if they did a Star Fox, for instance, and didn't have Wolf or some character in it, I would be happy because Nintendo's doing something different. But people are like, no, I just want the same game. Well, then go buy it. It's called Star Fox 64. <laughs> they made that game already. Well, you know, Wolf was only in, like, a couple of, 
you know, a couple ones. They weren't in every, he wasn't in every single one. He wasn't in the original by no means, but. That's okay. That's, yeah, that's, I'm fine with this. You know, I thought it was kind of interesting that they didn't talk at all about the, the new Zelda game. They said they weren't. They announced that well in advance. Needless to say, it was it was very disappointing. I mean, there was some great stuff that came out of it. Like, I don't know, Final Fantasy VII. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Yeah, that wasn't the greatest thing. But um, but it was it was pretty interesting to watch. So yeah, I, I I enjoyed watching. I always enjoy watching it, but I didn't get anything unexpected like I did last year. Last year was Splatoon. So you know, the only thing that I did like is the whole like. I know it's not called Four Swords, but it's basically like a Four Swords remake. Yeah. And instead it has three of them. Um, and then I, I like the, the Paper Mario uh, mashup. That, that's going to be pretty cool as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's push the button. He's only half eight. It's Ruse Kooky time. All right. I wrote today's fortune. <laughs> you did. I didn't actually write it. I got this legitimately at a Panda Express, and I about died. <laughs> what was that? You're out of time. Oh. Ask your mom. In bed with a cookie. That's the fortune. That's... So random. That's just... That's epic, though. It's, it's awesome. terrible. Uh, I am not into incest. No, 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 no. Fun for the whole family. All right, well, welcome back. I hope that you had a wonderful potty break, like always. <laughs> so today we are going to be talking about puppetry and puppetry in the or puppets in the fandom. Rue microphone. So today we have a lovely guest all the way from Florida, and it is KP. Hello, KP. I love your KPness. What? Say hi. Hi, guys. Hey. Hey. You, we lost you for like ten full seconds there. You lost me for 10 seconds. I've been lost my whole life. <laughs> oh, man. It's like wandering through a cloud of chocolate fog. Mm, good chocolate fog. It's Hopefully delicious, they- but you still get lost and kind of dirty at the same time. <laughs> oh, jeez. Hopefully they have cookies there, too. That would be awesome. Oh, there's always cookies. Yes. The it best just place what kind of cookies. You can have chocolate chip. So, KP, tell us who you are. Well, I got to get my friend KP first, because, like I said, my name is Todd. Don't forget that. I'm the one with the beanie on my head. It spins and goes... <laughs> like that. <laughs> Let me go find KP. Hold on. KP! Hello! Wait a minute. Are you under here? No, you're not under the place, Matt. Hold on. He's here somewhere. He's under are you under the Matt. couch? Hold on. I'm going to go hide under the couch. Just a minute. Todd, I don't know why you're under the couch, but that is the most adorable thing ever. Hi, guys. <laughs> Hello. How are you? We're awkward. How are you? Oh, probably <laughs> just as awkward. Maybe more so because I stick my hand up fake animals. Make them talk. Beautiful, wonderfully pettable fake animals. Yes. 
So how are you guys doing tonight? We're good. How are you doing tonight? Oh, you know, life is full of challenges. And, you know, the more you face those challenges and try to overcome them, the better things can get. So uh, no matter what happens, just try to keep a smile on your face and keep on plunking along. So that's what I'm doing. Just in case our listeners don't know who you are, tell us a little bit about yourself. Like, who are you? What do you do? What do you do within the fandom? So um, I guess the question is more what I what don't I do? (laughs) <laughs> more than anything else. Um, I've been a cast member on the Fun Day Popette show for over 15 years, uh, since the very first season. And that was way, it started way back in 1999, but uh, it was when year, the year 2000 when I actually joined the cast. Um, so I, I do uh, Ezra. He's kind of a co-host. And I also do Todd Ferret, who you heard running around here a little earlier. I also tend to do a character called Spoiler. He's the ass. Uh, he's a donkey character who likes to tell you exactly what's going to happen right before you see it. So he spoils everything. Um, in terms of conventions and other stuff, I'm a fursuiter. Uh, so I have a, a number of fursuits, and I really enjoy fursuiting a lot. Um, I am the uh, programming director currently of Anthrocon, so I'm in charge of a lot of events there. And I am the co-chairman of a little convention here in Orlando called Megaplex. So I kind of keep busy. And I also am adjunct staff, like I'm a little bitty minor staff on Midwest Fur Fest. I'm going to be helping with like the fursuit parade and some stuff this coming year. So always keeping busy, lots of things. Wow. How do you do all of that? That's that's tons and tons of stuff. I'd like to talk it, to you about a convention in it, Salt Lake. It's really hard at times, honestly, especially since Anthrocon and Megaplex are so close together. Um, you have to be pretty organized. And this year I've really relied on my staff because I've had so many kind of personal crises that have happened in the last month or so. It's been really hard. And without having a great staff and a great rapport with them, you really wouldn't get things done. So, you know, I got to take my hats off to, you know, my entire staff at Anthrocon and my staff at Megaplex, because really they, they also, you know, make sure that we keep ourselves up and that things are running smoothly. And uh, if you're ever at a convention and you see a staffer and you see them looking like they're running around, like they're freaking out, tell them you really appreciate what they're doing. Because I, that, that little thank you will go, you know, for miles. It will really work wonders for someone who feels like everything is under the gun and everything is going wrong. And then all of a sudden somebody says thank you. That will make their day. Oh, how true that is. How true. Mm-hmm. So KP, just so that mm-hmm. our audience knows, KP um, last appeared on uh, one of our episodes, which was called My First Fursuit. It was Haywriter's episode. Yeah, Haywriter's episode. And he basically talked a little bit about um, some fursuiting experiences that he has had. So he's not he's not super new, but this, we're taking his V-card for an interview tonight. Okay. We hope you enjoy the V-card taking sounds. So long as it's a visa and it has a really high limit, I'm good. <laughs> the visa black card. That's it. <laughs> I didn't think I was going to get a high top. That's awesome. I've got a button for everything. You have a button for everything? <laughs> I pretty much do. I think there's a handful I still don't, but yeah. He oh, even, please, he, let me press your buttons. He even has I really a, want to push your buttons a he lot. He even has a Jew button just for me. Ah. So, there you go. Oh, my goodness. So, in current terms of puppetry, what kind of questions do you have? What do yeah, you, what, so, what do you want to know? So, what got you into puppet puppeteering? So uh, I, I puppeted a long. I've been puppeting for a long time. Uh, I used now, to love now. Is that you things. being a puppet or doing the puppeting? 
Well, it depends. I became a puppet in the year 2004 when Kagi got me to be on the board of directors of AC. (laughs) (laughs) You know, that's kind of just how that works. You know, he pulls the strings, we dance. Um, Not really, but it sounded good. Uh, No, I was actually... uh, I loved playing with hand puppets uh, when I was a kid. I would make little puppet shows for my friends and even for to entertain myself because I was an only child. And so I would make up little stories. And we didn't have a video camera, but I would still try to make little things, little storylines happen and write them myself. And um, there was a, a store when I was in high school uh, called Na- Natural Wonders or Nature's Wonders. And they started selling folk man as puppets. And one of the first ones I picked up was a ferret because it actually fit my hand properly. And so I just kind of started getting into making it move as realistically as I can. And then I started talking with it. And I would like just kind of have my arm around a a plant or something and have him peek around and start talking. And that was kind of how I got into like the hand puppets. And then a group of friends – got together at my house when I lived in Houston and we would film over the back of my backyard fence and we called it over the fence productions and we would do musical things or we would just do little comedy bits and that kind of got me hooked and then uh, I saw Yappy doing um, the Funday Poppet show uh, at one point uh, he was actually I was working at IBM that day and he was just kind of streaming things and he decided he was going to do a show one Sunday night and we all tuned in and it just kind of got the hook. I mean, it's like this is a, a creative outlet that I really enjoyed and um, it's something that, you know, I felt I could contribute to in my own way and keep my own personality about it because I do have my own aesthetic and that's really where things started and then it just kind of pushed and blossomed from there. If you can call the Popette show blossoming into anything. Long lived is the one word that I always get right away. It refuses to die. <laughs> a better description. It, um, it, speaking of the Fun Day Pophead show, I heard that, like, I've been hearing, like, ever so often people are like, yeah, this is the last season of the Pophead the show. Is, is that true or? Well, we never really know, but Yappy just dropped several thousand dollars into some new equipment of his own money. So I think we're going to be around for a few more years, but. What really was driving that? Yappy was feeling like um, Yappy was feeling like he was a little overwhelmed, and uh, he was doing it for such a long time. Things started becoming monotonous and not as much fun. And above and beyond that, Yappy started having a couple of health issues himself. Uh, so he was really not feeling well during some of the shows, and that's when those rumors started flying because he was like, "I don't know if I really want to keep doing this because I don't feel well." And um, now he's kind of gotten back into it. You know, he, he tries to actually get in and puppet a little bit. And that's, that's kind of where the magic is. You know, it's not running the, um, the board because he gets, he gets bored. He gets, you know, tired and he just starts watching videos if he's not enjoying what's going on. But if we, if we kind of coax him into doing some music and the songs that he likes and, you know, bringing up some of his favorite characters, the fun starts again. And when Yappy gets on a roll and starts really enjoying the show, that's really when some really fun things can happen, very unexpected fun things, because he'll just pull stuff out of his hat. He has a, an incredible music library, an incredible sound effects library, and um, he'll put characters with songs that just don't match, and it's a riot. So th- there's not necessarily that the show is going to end this season, um, but th- typically you've heard those rumors when Yappy was getting a little tired and not feeling quite so well. Well, then that's that's definitely good to know. I, I know a lot of people, especially people within our area, 
For some reason, you have a lot of fans in Utah. I'm not quite sure it's why. You but went on their show. It, whatever. It's not. That's because I don't know if you ever knew this or not, but the word "pophead" is in the Book of Mormon. That's probably the reason. Why. <laughs> it is. It is. It's in the Book of Folkmanus. Yes, it's like. Oh no, it's the chap. The Folkmanus chapter. Yeah. You know, it's like it's a great parable. It's, it's, yeah, it's like you know, the meek shall inherit the earth, and they shall watch pophets. So. I'll have to look that one up. I, I don't quite remember that. that Please do. That it's, it's in the one that Todd wrote in in crayon. <laughs> <laughs> so you you do Pophead now, and you I, I'm curious about this childhood fence performance situation. Yeah. Was this recorded? Did people come watch it, or was it just this like your was, friends? This around? was actually adults. This is after I, I was in when I was in college, and after I'd graduated from you college. You were a kid back then. Well, it's more, uh, it was a lot of furs. It was a group of furs, uh, the Texas group, uh, way back in the day. Uh, we called ourselves Crow. And whenever we logged into the Pophead show, we would all be together and we would just call ourselves the Texas Crow. Uh, so it was uh, Pacer Fox, Vermi Fox, Loyish, Dogs, Texyote, myself. Um, there was a Thrash Wolf at the time, lived in Texas, and sometimes he would come along with another friend called Tesser. Uh, and so we would just get together and we would try to make each other laugh. And we ended up doing, you know, Star Trekking on our own. And we did uh, – one of my favorite is uh, doing some Weird Al songs from the Running With Scissors album where we actually had a bunch of the same ferret. And we would just have them doing like the power polka. So they would be, you know, trading off different verses to each individual ferret. And you had to actually point to who was about to do the next lyric so that people didn't start double puppeting. And the same puppets would be saying – two puppets would be trying to do one line. Um, and when you when you have that many puppeteers and you have a really fast paced song like that, you do kind of have to meter it out and you have to plan it a little bit. Uh, the magic doesn't just happen; you have to get ready for it. But if everybody knows what they're doing, it can be really fun. So, what drives you in the beginning, even before this? What made you decide one day? I think I'm going to put my hand up this ass and make it do things. Like there had to be a drive for you to want to do that. You know, I think the puppet was just really itchy. <laughs> and was asking me to scratch it. We have hemorrhoid cream for that. <laughs> yeah. Um, honestly, no. I, I think it's very natural. If you see a puppet sitting on a a, a puppet stand or a, a rack for sale, um, it's very natural to want to just pick it up and play with it, just like there's any other toy that's sitting out there. Uh, a lot of people try to deny, you know, their inner child. Uh, they deny the fact that. Yeah, you have a, a creative imagination, and you know, if you see paper and pencil. A lot of times people want to write or draw. If you see a musical instrument, I mean, I don't know how many times I've walked past a piano and I've stood there and watched people and they kind of just walk over to it and they just kind of pet the keys a few times and then walk off. It's like they want to do something. Uh, it's very natural to see a toy or a puppet and want to play with it. And I think that's really where the impetus is. It's your creative energy is trying to find an outlet. And if you really feel comfortable with it, it's something that you just kind of do and you kind of continue playing. And that's really what I do when I do my my stuff on the Fun Day show is I try to play as much as I can. So when does the character come to you? Like what do you what do you do? Like do you do you try out different voices or does it just come? Is it there's some form of a a magic to it, kind of like with first there shooting? There is though. a magic and there's not. So it, it, it's both at the same time. Um, Todd's voice in particular is actually a spoof of a person that stayed at my house when I was in Houston. And he was really kind of annoying more than anything. Um, he kept 
opening and looking thing, at things. And I, I collect books. Um, and I don't just say I collect books and that I, I gather them. I actually have a collection of kind of fine leather-bound editions of books. And one had just come in. It was a special edition of, Ch- of uh, Shakespeare's Tragedies. And he picked the book up and he opened it and he said, oh, look, this is a classic. And he opened it and I heard the spine crack. And so I was like, that's a $200 book. Let's put it back on the shelf. <laughs> and, and then, you know, he went out into my backyard and he asked if I wanted free cable. Oh, it's okay. I do it all the time. And I was like, no, 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 that's okay. You, you don't <laughs> need to touch my cable box. I can get in trouble for that. And um, it was just one thing after another. And, you know, finally he went up into my study, which is where I kept all of my animation artwork. And he put his finger right on the plexiglass of a Roger Rabbit cell. And I was like, okay, that's enough. You need to go into another room now that doesn't have things that are really cool. And he was like, oh, but this is awesome. And so that's really where Todd's voice came from. Is <laughs> this person who annoyed me so much, I was just kind of making fun of some of the little things that he said. Um, sometimes, like, Spoiler's voice is really Goofy's voice. I just I love the way Goofy sounds, and so I was like, oh, "Yeah, you want to know what happens in the Bible? Jesus dies, but oh, special twist—he comes back." You know, that's spoiler that's alert. That's the spoiler exactly. We actually said spoiler alert, and that, that's kind of one of my favorite jokes that we ever did was the Bible thing because it just shocked everybody. Um, but that spoiler is really Goofy's voice, uh, kind of toned in a little bit so that it fits within my vocal range. Um, some other voices come, like one of my favorite voices to do, I haven't really done it for anything else except to imitate Strong Bad, is I love Strong Bad. I think he's hysterical. So, you know, when, whenever we're talking or something and someone says, hey, do we want to, do we have any emails or messages? You know, you just kind of hear me say, time to check the emails. Oh, hey, what's going on? There's Strong Bad. You know, (laughs) you start doing it. Um, Some voices you can do, some you can't. And you know, Simba is like the man of a thousand voices. He, he has a tremendous vocal range. He can actually sing opera, and that's really where that comes from. Mike's vocal range is very much a tenor, uh, and, you know, I kind of stay in that range. But you hear things like Ronald Reagan's voice or George Bush's voice or Arnold Schwarzenegger's voice, and you can pull out attributes that you like from any voice that's really standing out. And you caricaturize them. You, you actually ex- exacerbate and exaggerate them to the point where they become something almost new. And that's really where, like I said, I'll look at a puppet and I'll start playing with it and I'll start playing with voices that come to mind when I look at the face. And that's how I try to develop their characters. Nice. Thank you for, thank you for, um, for, for going. Wow. Well, yeah, where are you uh, going? <laughs> I don't know where I'm going. I'm uh, I'm in a different atmosphere, but um <laughs> Well, you're in the Mile High City, I think. Yeah, close to the no, I've just been somewhere. smoking something. No. That's the closest Waffle House we have. Oh, no, really? But Denver? It's Denver, yeah. I think it's great that um you know, especially when it comes to people that are trying to figure out like character creation or if they want to get into puppeteering to kind of kind of hear your process that that you go through um so when you first got into um puppeteering um i know you talked a little bit about a ferret was he your first character that you would say you created he was not uh the first character i ever really created was actually a teddy bear and uh he was kind of an easter bear 
So he, he had an Easter Bunny-esque voice, but he wore a big bow tie and uh, he had a little tiny mouth. And so I was always trying to figure out, you know, he sounded kind of like your best buddy before his voice cracked. That's kind of how I, I, I envisioned him. And uh, it's really hard for me to do his voice, but he, he kind of was, he was kind of like, so, hey, hey, it's really great to hear you. And I, oh, I'm looking forward to seeing you again. And it's going to be a great weekend. And he had a little bit of like a, a like you have something stuck in the, in the side of your cheek when you were talking. Um, but that's how he talked. And he was very upbeat and positive and happy, but he just couldn't get all the words out just right. So that was the flaw that he had in his voice. And like I said, I can't really do that voice as much anymore because it's a little higher pitched than I used to be able to do it. But th- that was my very first puppet. It was a teddy bear puppet. Hmm. So our, before we go to our break, because we're almost out of time for this segment, the one thing we really have to ask you is if you're thirsty. Um, you know, <laughs> at a time I'm thirsty. Oh, I'm so God. thirsty. Oh, now I understand why you put that question back. <laughs> oh my god, Everybody it's all coming back to me. Hamtrak, he's oh, always thirsty. No. So our, cont- our contribution, uh, for the audience's sake, our contribution to Fun Day when Rue and I were on uh, was was this puppet. Rue, you made the puppet, didn't you? Yeah, I did. So I, explain where the, the origin uh, of Hamthrax. Oh, <laughs> Came, did you make me? Uh, yes. God, I'm thirsty. Did you make me? <laughs> <laughs> no. Are, um, you my, are you my daddy? <laughs> Dad, it's Father's Day coming up. Oh, my God. I got to get you a present. <laughs> some ham. Oh, Give me I'm some sorry. ham. Yeah. Some, some, something to drink, you know. Something to, you want something to drink? Yes. Because, you I know, I'm, I'm you. thirsty. I'll drink it first. <laughs> no, he came from like a, a goodwill. Uh, usually with any sort of, um, I don't know, like you can find lots of, lots of things um, at goodwill. goodwill. Yeah. So basically he had a, he actually was a singing puppet at one point. In t- well, not a singing puppet. He was like one of those fish things that, you know, you, you, you press and he ends up like making noises or something like that. Uh, he, yeah, I, I know what you're talking about. Like the singing Christmas tree and... Yeah, like the, so... the Billy Bass singing mm-hmm. trophy. Oh, okay. So he came from that. I gutted it. Gutted the mechanic. Because the mechanic didn't work anymore, so... Well, you're so violent. Turned into a puppet, so... <laughs> well, and then, and then you handed it to KP. And I don't, can't remember what inspired you to hand it to him, other than just because we were joking about being thirsty and he did that face. He, yeah, you did that face with him. Uh, the thirsty face, and then, mm-hmm. and then he then, just started chewing all the time. Yeah, and and then he, I when I went back on the on the show again last year, I dug him up somewhere backstage. So where is he now? Besides he, in your head, he, he is still backstage. Uh, we recently did a puppet cleanup where we got rid of a lot of puppets that we just don't use anymore, mm-hmm. and we tried to organize things. And Hamthrax came up, and Mutt absolutely hates Hamthrax. He doesn't <laughs> like the look. He hates the voice. He hates the fact that he's always thirsty. And so I keep it right by all of Mutt's puppets. <laughs> <laughs> he just sits there looking at him getting ready to go hey Mutt I need some water I need your <laughs> okay well it's time for our main break so we're going to do that we have space news uh, I think we have another retro ad but I'm not 100% so we'll find out when we get there and uh, I do have a little surprise for you guys on the other side right I have a surprise there's a guest in my house and uh, has something to do with puppetry in a way it has to do with puppetry in a small way, 
and uh, he's saying it has nothing to do with puppetry, but I say it does. Right. It's in my, this is my world. It's in my head. We will discover the mystery on the other side of break. We'll, so you will discover tight. a mystery guest. And then I have a question for you guys also. Okay. Ooh, all right. Mm-hmm. We'll be back. So go ahead and go to break, and we'll come back and talk a little bit. Okay. Hailing Frequencies Open, Smokescale Aquatus here with another round of news for you. As of Saturday, June 20th, here are your space headlines. Coming up on June 28th, the Dragon resupply vehicle as launched by SpaceX is set to be launched for another resupply of the ISS, CRS-7. Uh, This is going to be another attempt to land the first stage, and it's going to be carrying the first international docking adapter for the ISS. And what that means is, right now, what they do is they berth the vehicle to the station. What that means is they use the Canada Arm 2 to grab hold of it and move it into position to attach it. By adding the international docking adapter, they'll be able to actually dock a vehicle to it rather than having to berth it. And docking is safer for human-rated vehicles. Airbus has been tapped to build 900 internet satellites. It's a joint venture between Airbus, OneWeb, which is a startup backed by Richard Branson's Virgin Group, and uh, telecom uh, giant Qualcomm. Uh, They're going to be 900 total built, but only 648 of them will actually be in use. The rest will be uh, stored as spares either on the ground or in orbit waiting to take over as needed. Each satellite is going to weigh less than 330 pounds, about you know less than 150 kilograms, uh, and fly at an altitude of about 740 miles, roughly 1,500 kilometers above Earth. Launches are slated to begin in 2018. Now, the purpose of this is to provide high-speed internet access to underserved regions, uh, areas that have zero infrastructure whatsoever for internet access. But it's not going to be exclusively that. They're going to also provide access for schools, businesses, and and other organizations, and it should be at a relatively low cost. And uh, the goal is to provide access that is, on average, 50 megabits per second with 30 milliseconds latency. So that's pretty good. I'm really interested to hear more about this, and I really hope something like this takes off. It's been a really long time. We need a global coverage that isn't basically limited to hardline infrastructure. So SpaceX has been trying to recapture the first stage of every rocket they launch. Well, maybe not every, but that's the ultimate goal. And because of their attempts, they've already got one particular company that's interested in uh, supporting this reusable rocket system. SES, the world's largest satellite operator based out of Europe, has expressed this interest, and they're looking to get a reduced rate on previously flown rockets. And they've already agreed to have a satellite launched using an upgraded Merlin 1 upper stage engine, which is uh, uh, designed to carry satellites into a geostationary transfer orbit. And a geostationary orbit is where most satellites are parked, and that transfer uses more fuel than it would take to get to the ISS for, say, a, a Dragon resupply. And so that's why they're, they're hoping that supporting this will lead towards being able to use the reusable Falcon 9 for virtually all missions. They want to really help with that. And not only are they so interested in it to that, go to that extent, they've actually offered a suggestion to improve their ability to catch one of these landing rockets. They said, why not put a, a net around the landing pad? And Musk turned it down saying, it's not cool. SES remains deeply interested in spite of this. Back on November 12, 2014, the Philae lander achieved the first ever soft landing on a comet. Big news. Huge deal. It didn't go quite according to plan. 
uh, its main landing engine didn't light and uh, it ended up bouncing across the surface a bit because the, the harpoons that it intended to use to lock itself in place didn't fire or they didn't actually work. I'm not sure exactly what it was. And it ended up landing in a different spot than they intended. Because of this, it didn't receive enough sunlight to properly charge its batteries. A few days later on the 15th, it went into safe mode to protect itself as its batteries were depleted. They weren't sure if it would ever power back up because they weren't sure based on the, the orientation of the comet, you know, how far it was from the sun. They were hoping that as it got closer, it would power back up. Well, on June 13th, just a few days ago, Philae emerged from hibernation and resumed its science mission. It's actually been in contact with Rosetta and Rosetta in contact with Earth. The batteries are warmed up and holding enough charge that it can actually operate in shadow, so it's able to continue its mission. So we're hoping to hear even more about this. This is great. This is absolutely fantastic. I am so happy about this. This is one of the coolest things I've ever heard. That's all we've got for you this time. For more details on space and space-related matters, follow NASA, Boeing, SES, SpaceX, and even the Philae Lander on Twitter, Facebook, and other social media. Until next time, this is Smokescale Aquatus saying, keep looking up, space fans. want you to do our ident. Click do our ident on the For What It's Worth website. You're listening to For What It's Worth, brought to you by For What It's Worth brand soap. When you're looking to get clean, think For What It's Worth. Now in three new scents, natural musk, baby powder, and spring meadow for the ladies. Made from the finest non-toxic chemical byproducts, you'll be sure to smell your freshest. Remember, when grooming your mane has become a pain, don't stress your brain, keep yourself sane. And if you're covered in scale and looking a bit pale, don't go off the rail, just shine up your tail with For What It's Worth brand soap. Now available at Husky's Fine Groceries. Hello, America, and welcome back. Also, the rest of the world. This is For What It's Worth. We hope you're enjoying the show. <laughs> what was that? It's you sound of- so, like, I want to be professional, but then I just imagine you going, no, and, you know, ruining it. No. Oh, oh shit. Oh, shit. Oh, I'm not ready. I'm oh, not ready. I, I need to be shamed because I need to find wherever this is. You did try. not do our sponsors? Is that what it no, was? No, I can't. I don't have the music. I got to get it. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Do, 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 do. Uh, here we go. Do, here it is. Here it is. Shush, shush. Time ready. for this. Today's episode actually has a sponsor. Our sponsor is Houseworld. Now, he gave me a message, and I'm going to read it in a minute, but what this really is, it's really cool. It's a room. It's a series of rooms in New York City, and you go in, and each room represents an emotion, and you're supposed to explore your inner self. That's kind of cool. Yeah, right? So, uh, Yondas, if you remember, he did our ident mm-hmm. many episodes ago. He's the one who did this. So, here's what the official... Of verbiages, it says Houseworld is a surrealist, immersive theater performance in New York City. One by one, 30 guests enter a mansion and step into a dream world. It's a game, a play, therapy, and a party. Your decisions affect what will happen that night, and every dream is a brand new chance. 
So it's currently closed. They're between seasons, and they're fundraising for the next one. So if you want info, go to houseworld, no dashes or anything, houseworld.nyc. That's a web address now. They have a .nyc. Register to, I mean, <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. So, yeah, it's actually really cool. They, 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 uh, they're going to be releasing a trailer soon, and they let me have early access to kind of figure out what this was. It's really cool. So there you go, Houseworld. Well, you'll have to put a link in the description oh. so that people can see that. It, it kind of sounds like Inside Out in real life. Uh, it, it, you know what? You're, you're right. That's probably exactly what it is, except for the brain freeze. I want to go see that movie, but I I'm, I'm hoping that I'm not disappointed by it. I don't think you will. It's a Pixar film. It's hard to be disappointed. Well, oh, it's so easy to be disappointed. I love Pixar films. The only Pixar films that I think are kind of dumb are like remakes. Like I didn't think Cards Two was that great. And what's with airplanes? Come on. I'm waiting for like hoverrounds and scooters, and I want that movie. It's like Up meets Cars. But I do love some of their original ones. Like um, you know, I love Ratatouille. I love um, I love Up. Yep. And and Wally, in fact, I love all of them. So Pixar does good stuff. That is so. debatable. So <laughs> once yes. again, to remind everybody, we are going to be we are talking about puppeteering. And so we have we have KP who has a guest for us. Now we have more questions for you. So do you want to bring your guest in now? A guest? guest? Uh, let's let's talk about questions first, and then we'll bring the guest in. Okay. So you do the Pawpet show most Sundays, except for when you're sick or mm-hmm. not in town or whatever. Uh, what, what's your process for getting ready? Because that's your current big performance. So what do you do to get ready for that? Uh, depends on what we're doing that week. If we know we have some specific guests, um, I try to make sure I'm familiar with things like you know the subservient routines so that we can have some things ready. Some of the things that the audience suggests really are inappropriate. Um, or really? if not inappropriate, impossible to do and injure people. And that's the last thing in the world we want is someone to leave. You know, they come to the Popette show. Believe it or not, people actually do come to the show to have a good time. And they, they, it's a thing they look forward to for months. And the last thing we want is for them to leave, you know, with a sprained ankle or, you know, a sprained wrist. So, you know, we, we try to make sure we have a, a set thing of dances. If you notice, we try to do the same dances because we know some of them will not hurt anyone. Um, we also try to have a set list of questions in the back if people start saying really weird things or things that are going to involve too much jumping around or bouncing on furniture and stuff. You know, we want to have things that are safe for them to do, especially if they're not a really experienced fursuiter, if they're trying to show it for the first time. Uh, we want to make sure people are good. So that's some of the prep work. Also, uh, try to review current events. Um, JR and I typically go over some things that we absolutely will not talk about because the Poppet show, we don't want to become a political forum. And uh, the few times that that has happened where the channel started talking about that, it really created some problems. Uh, so we really, really try to avoid that in that particular show. It's just not good for the kinds of characters that we use. Uh, but we do tend to talk about the lighter side of the news, uh, music that's contemporary. Um, surprisingly enough, uh, Yappy and Mutt do not listen to terrestrial radio. They listen to satellite radio and typically mostly podcasts or very specific genres of music. So in many cases, they have not heard what's top 40. They're not hearing contemporary music. And I remember when I played Bruno Mars for them the first time and Yappy's like, who is this? And I was like, you're kidding. This is Bruno Mars. And he's like, who's that? <laughs> and even Mutt was like, I don't know who Bruno Mars is. And to me, that was shocking because, again, so he had just life. played the Super Bowl and he was, you know, had top 10 hits. And, you know, it's like, 
his videos were going viral and they still hadn't seen them yet. So uh, try to prepare things that are, that are, that are going to be interesting to people. Um, sometimes I'll find a video or an image that Yappy will like or some kind of thing that I think he will find funny or that JR or Mutt will find amusing. And I try to bring that to the table. So, you know, when things start getting a little slower, we can introduce a little pop of humor uh, into the conversation. And that typically leads to other conversations. So having that stuff prepped is really good. Uh, when I'm driving in, uh, I do have certain CDs that I listen to. Um, some people like to hear very relaxing music. I like to hear very bouncy, poppy music. Are we um, talking like bubblegum pop? Uh, way sweeter than bubblegum. Wow. <laughs> I, I, I like like Bruno Mars. Um, I like Aqua. Um, Be happy. I, yeah, I like Chromio. Um, there, there's any number of bands, but I mean, there are, they have to have some, usually have to have some kind of brass element to it because I love that. Uh, or it just has to really, really make, put me in a, in a good emotional state because I am extremely reactive to music. And if you start playing really sad music or really angry music, I will actually start getting sad or angry. Uh, I will become very irritable or very morose and not that much fun to be around. What, is, what so, does death metal do to you? Um, death. <laughs> but no, um, any kind of metal actually typically makes me very angry. It puts me in a very irritated and agitated state. Huh. Sounds it's like just you're. Not my kind of music. Sounds like you're the type of person that um, that the emotions you're able to feed off of emotions very easily, and emotions that are around you. Even how about like some of the people that are around you? Like, if somebody's like really really depressed, do you? Yes. Um, emotion, most people don't realize emotions are contagious. Um, and a lot of people don't think that's true, but it is. When you are near a person who's really down and you're trying to cheer them up and it doesn't work, it gets you really frustrated. And some people get very down themselves. Um, you know, if someone is angry and they're just yelling and you're trying to calm them down, you know, think of, of it. There's some people whose job it is to, you know, take phone calls from angry people. Yep. After a while, you become angry yourself. You you don't like getting yelled at. Yep. So that's true. You know, with me, I do feed off of emotions, and the more positive someone is, and the funnier someone is, the more lighthearted it is, the more I can actually let my creative juices flow. So, uh, you know, I was going to pertain that a little bit to to our show. Like before, we end up starting the show. Um, you can definitely tell if we have talked to the guests beforehand or, or had something going on beforehand because it seems like we're able to, to start right, right in the episode and get going and, um, you know, and keep the, keep the movement of the, the show itself. And um, I can definitely tell how listening to happy music um, definitely helps you in your performance. Yeah, and, you know, the other thing is there are words, very specific words, that can really impact your mood as well. You know, when you hear somebody call you stupid, that's stupid. A creative idea that you came up with has just been put down. It really doesn't make you feel like being creative anymore. You know, or I don't want to do that. No, that's horrible. You know, those kinds of, of, of feedback are not that great. And they do kill the creative process. Whereas if someone asks you something and it really isn't that good an idea, you can say, okay, well, let's, let's see what we can do with that. Uh, where do you want to go with it? How do we want to develop this? And if they can see that it's going to be a downer of an idea, you can play with it and turn it into something more positive. 
Um, so, I mean, any idea can potentially work. It depends on how you want to approach it. Obviously, there are some topics that are taboo, and you just don't want to go there if your show is not geared toward that type of conversation. Um, so, you know, things that are maybe if you're if you're having a very lighthearted conversation, starting to go into a very adult, political, you know, any kind of a rant, that's probably not going to work real well because it's going to derail everything. But if you can kind of link together similar things with similar attitudes, um, you can really get a, on a fun roll that can make an hour feel like you've only been going for like 10 or 15 minutes. So, you know, just always try to keep that in mind. You know, word choice can be just as devastating as somebody, you know, actually throwing a tantrum, which has happened before. And it, it, it makes things awkward. So, so speaking of length, um, how long is a typical performance for you guys at the Popette show? Like, um, because, I mean, our audience, some of our audience probably doesn't know what the Puppet Show So how long do you guys usually perform for? The uh, Puppet, every Funday Puppet Show now starts at 6 p.m. Eastern and ends at 10 p.m. Eastern. So it's a four-hour production. Um, there's a reason for that time length. Uh, when Yappy was initially setting it up, one, he wanted a time frame where people on the West Coast, people on the East Coast, and people in Europe could all have a chance to catch part of it. So originally, uh, the West Coast was, it was an afternoon show. The East Coast was more like late night talk. And the European slot was actually, it ended up being very, very middle of the night, which by coincidence, a lot of people tended to, that wanted to watch the show tended to be up. Um, It's slid around just a little bit. Um, It used to actually be 7 to 11 p.m. Eastern. It moved backward just a little bit. But the other reason why it's four hours long is Yappy felt that if, if he was going through multiple hours in the, in the beginning when we were dealing with real player and trying to get all the servers and everything set up, if he was going through hours and hours of time setting that up, just a one-hour show really wasn't worth it. Uh, he wanted to have enough time to where you know people are watching it, they can watch little chunks of it throughout the week. So that's where the four-hour time slot came in. Um, it is sometimes very lengthy, and sometimes it feels like it's long if we run out of things to talk about or if something derails the energy level. And again, that's why I'm always like, let's keep the energy level up. Let's, let's try to talk to one another and not worry so much about the audience. The audience is being entertained by us trying to entertain each other. That's really the philosophy that I think works the best. So... You handle puppets all the time, and you have various ones. What's the most frustrating aspect of puppeting? Arm burn. <laughs> That's <laughs> very easily arm burn. Um, now, what is arm burn? Yeah, when you're puppeting for a long period of time, especially when you have to put your arm above your head, and a lot of people that have never puppeted have done this. So try this at home, even if you're listening to this recording. If you're driving, you don't know, do it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, if you're driving... Keep one hand on the wheel. <laughs> but no, uh, if, if you're at home, try putting your hand above your head so that your elbow is about even with your eyes. And then make a, a little mouth with your hand and start trying to do that. And since nobody's watching, try doing that for two or more minutes. You'll find that you're using arm muscles that you don't normally use, uh, especially the ones that, that are around the thumb connected to the wrist and in the forearm. We'll tell uh, you when two minutes you normally are don't exercise. I have a timer going. We'll tell you. Pardon? No, and no, I was for the audience at home that's doing it. I'm saying we'll. Uh, oh, okay. We'll tell them when but, the two minutes are up. Right. But if up. you do that and, and you continue moving it like you're talking, 
especially in the forearm and, like I said, in the wrist area near your thumb. These are, mus- these are very, very specific areas that do not have a lot of muscles with them, and you don't normally exercise them. Most people would exercise more the elbow to the bicep, and there's not really a lot that you do to, to do like wrist buildups or wrist push-ups. So when you start exercising these muscles very heavily for extended periods of time, they start to burn. And it becomes you, – you start getting tired really easily. And then if you're doing a long song, like a song that's three and a half to four minutes, you really feel it in the thumb area. Uh, in the wrist area. You really, really feel it. And if the puppet has a lot of weight on top, it's pushing down on the top of your hand. And that makes it even harder because now you're having to put up resistance to push it into the right position. Uh, Because if you're puppeting properly, you're using mostly your thumb. You're not using the top of your hand. You're not pop-topping. So once you do that, like I said, you'll really learn and feel the areas of your arm that you don't normally move. And arm burn is the most annoying thing because you can really be on a roll and want to do something, but your arm is just going to give out. You can't go anymore. And so you have to pull down for a couple of minutes, shake it off, and then put yourself back up. So you've said, you've said the most frustrating aspect of puppeteering. What would you say would be the most rewarding aspect of puppeteering? Um, anytime you can get a laugh or make someone kind of see things in a new way and make them smile. Um, and, and one of my favorite examples of this is uh, you can create a puppet out of anything. Most people don't realize this. They think, oh, I've got to spend a lot of money to make a puppet. You don't You'll have stick. to. I was, at, um, I was the guest of honor at Fur Affinity, uh, FA United. And uh, Clementine was actually one of the people that was helping to help me get around and do things and get, keep my schedule in place and whatnot. And we ended up having this, um, this luncheon that had a bunch of sandwiches. They were like hero sandwiches. And I took a couple of olives because they were just laying there and I put them on top of the sandwich. And when Clem, when Clem came up to me, I just had the sandwich and I started lifting the top of it up like a mouth. And it was like, Clem, Clem. I'm here to give you mustard-flavored kisses. <laughs> and she lost it. She completely lost it. And it became a running joke for us for years. Um, because every time she saw anything, I would just try to make it look like it had a mouth and say it was going to give her mustard-flavored kisses. And it, it brought back this one little tiny moment when she was really stressed out about getting the lunch started. And all of a sudden, it just became lighthearted and fun. And like I said, I think that's the most rewarding thing of all. It's not you know, getting an award or getting anything special. It's when you can make somebody who's really stressing out laugh and make their life a little bit easier for the next couple of minutes. That's really a high for me. Am I hearing a clock? You are. If you know my dining room, there's that clock that hangs in the dining room. Oh. It was going. It was doing its little Westminster chimes. <laughs> I thought it was like you were like doing like Tibetan bowls or something while you were... No, that, that actually, I should have told you. No, that's just me, you know, hitting my head. But gone, gone, gone. So, any any other final thoughts that that you want to say as far as with with puppeteering itself? You know, the biggest thing about puppeteering is, like I said, you can try marionettes, you can try thumb puppets, you can try hand puppets, you can do anything you like. You can make a puppet out of a pillow. I mean, you you can find ways of creating something and making an inanimate object talk, which is really what a puppet is. I would say, you know, if you feel the urge, just pick up a box, you know, and 
make a mouth out of it. Or like I said, like I did with a sandwich, you know, um, you can make anything have a mouth and talk and make jokes. And you have, everyone has their own unique set of sense of humor, their own, uh, humor aesthetic, you know, try to find that and play with it. Um, there was an article in the newspaper recently that said, you know, people that tend to think young and don't consider themselves old tend to live longer because they physically are convincing themselves that they're younger and they're living longer lives. I think humor is a big part of that. And I think, you know, enjoying people's company and seeing their eyes light up with something funny and unexpected is really valuable to having a great quality of life. So, that would be my advice is, you know, don't be afraid to do that. Don't be afraid to be silly uh, because that's kind of a unique quality among adults. You, you don't see it as much anymore. And when you do, people really remember it and they really cherish some of those fun memories. Sweet. All right. Well, you have a guest. So before we go to the game and begin the torture session, mm-hmm. we should probably let you do that thing. You Do the thing. Do the thing. Do so the thing. I do have a guest. Uh, guest, if you could possibly pop over for just a moment. It's guestception. Yes. So <laughs> yes. Uh, I want to preface but, um, this um, with um, – I, I had mentioned to you earlier, who do you think of as heroes? So like, who are kind of your heroes or your inspirations? To me, to me, to my heroes are the people that I meet on a day-to-day basis that bring light into my life. Those are my heroes. And, you know, I don't really have, like, a celebrity or somebody that I look up to like that. Or So if you're thinking of someone who inspires you in any way, who inspires you? Oh, I'm holding my tongue because I know we need to be serious, but the filter caught something. Oh, go ahead. No, no, no. Go say it. I was going to say Batman, but that's not serious. Bat- oh, Batman. Okay. <laughs> no, that's no. no. So, so like for me, I, I have different levels of inspiration. Mm-hmm. Um, like one of my absolute favorite performers is Dick Van Dyke. Um, Dick Van Dyke to me is the epitome and the embodiment of you don't have to be vulgar to make people smile. You can do it with a goofy grin. You can do it with a quick dance. You know, you can do it with a quick quip that, again, is not dirty, but Dick Van Dyke kind of embodies the best of what we look for in an entertainer. And, you know, I look to him for a lot of inspiration. Um, From a physical, like a body perspective, um, it might sound weird, but there's a couple of professional wrestlers that actually inspire me. Their names are Gene Ligon and Joel Jones. Uh, His name is actually, his ring name is Joel Deaton. Uh, Both of them... Uh, at a time when I actually needed a lot of help trying to not be a sickly person and try to get myself into a better state. I looked to them because, to me, they always had great physiques. They always did the right thing. But they just had a quality about them where they were genuinely good people. Uh, they were a tag team. And so I really appreciated that. And then, like, from being a, a great person, uh, you might know Jim Martin who is, uh, he was a producer on Sesame Street and he's been a guest at Anthrocon for a while. Uh, he was the voice of Gary Gnu. He was the puppeteer behind Gary Gnu. Mm. And so, you know, he's just a great guy. He, he inspires me to be a happy person. But there's also somebody else who inspires me in a different way. He, he inspires me to try and create because when I, when I enjoy his work, he kind of like brings out the best in people. 
Uh, he, he makes you want to be better. And I'm, I'm very fortunate to have him as a house guest. I met him a, I met him a couple of years ago and he is yeah, three years ago, three years ago at Megaplex. And uh, he's, he's here in the States right now. He's from Europe. He is the person who creates some of the music for the Eurofrance puppet shows. And he's also worked with the, the Confuzzled puppet shows. So, uh, guys, uh, if you want to do a little quick interview, let me introduce you to uh, a very inspirational friend of mine, Fox Amore. Oh. oh, hang on. I've got the headset on the wrong way around. One second. <laughs> hey, how's it going? Hey. Hey, Fox and more. How are you? Uh, absolutely great. There was like a monumental thunderstorm earlier on today, and I still feel kind of charged from it. As cheesy as that sounds. <laughs> I kind of wish we had like awesome. an applause button. I need it. That's the button I don't have. Here. I'll, I'll clap. Oh, we'll give him the clap. clap. Here we okay. Go. One, two, three. Okay. Yay. <laughs> you now have been clapped. So Yay. how is your visit so far in the States? Um, it's been very, very relaxing. I mean, one of my favorite places in the States is actually Florida because like KP and Dingle Ruin, so many others are really close friends of mine here. So it's like a, it's like a natural haven for me when I want to get away from like all the wind and rain back in Scotland. <laughs> so for our audience members that don't know, who are you? Um, well... I'm Fox Amour. I'm a musician in the fandom that's been going for roughly uh, about 10 years or so. Um, I've been going to the conventions the last three years. Um, I'm a professional musician. I play piano. I can sing. I can uh, play a wee bit of guitar as well. Um, I recently did a, a fundraiser uh, called Come Find Me, which was a, a fundraiser to record my last album at Abbey Road Studios uh, with the English Chamber Orchestra. And uh, I did that last year. And uh, that was backed by the, the furry fandom. So if Anyone who's there listening to that and support the project, thank you so much. <laughs> that's that's incredible. Now, I I know what Abbey Road Studios is, and it has obviously a storied history. But I just have to ask you: mm -hmm. Is it? I imagine it's like just an empty building with a lot of dust inside and some microphones. That's not really what it is. So, what not is it like inside? Yeah, not not really. But at the same time, I mean, they've managed to preserve a lot of the history. You still actually see a lot of the ornaments and objects in there that have been there, like. Like even before the Beatles recorded there, I mean they've they've got like some of the original microphones from like some of the guys from like that came over in the fifties. They have like all the original uh, mics and amps that the Beatles used. They still actually use them in production. I mean when we were there last year, uh, the guitarist on the album he was playing through one of George Harrison's microphone as as his microphones and his amp. And be him being like a massive Beatles fan, you should have seen his face. He was practically squeeing so loud you could hear it on the recording. <laughs> what is that? That's that, that. Don't worry about what that sound is. This is part of the track. Um, actually, it's funny actually because obviously when, when you record an album, you get to you get so many like outtakes and like takes that you have to do again because of whatever different reasons. Sometimes a musician will make a mistake. Um, sometimes they'll they'll make a mistake and you'll actually hear them swear like before they the sound engineer manages to cut them off. I've actually got like a, a hard drive uh, back home that has all those files and I do plan one day just to actually get that out and be brave and listen to it all and maybe put like an outtakes reel of it together or something. That sounds amazing <laughs> and I will be the first one buying it because I love that kind of stuff. That's just awesome. great. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> so, so where do you draw a lot of your inspiration from? Um, a, lot, a lot of my inspiration comes from nature. Um, like, for example, like animals have always inspired me. So that's what kind of helped me become a member of the furry fandom like, t like 10 years ago. I mean, I've always had a fascination with foxes. They, they inspire me in my music. Um, so I kind of like drew from the idea of like when I saw people like creating like characters based on the, the animal that, that they're portrayed by or what, what inspires them. So that 
ultimately created the character Fox Amur, and because Amur is an extension of my sur my real surname, which is Armour, um, it essentially means uh, fox love, so a love of foxes. So Fox Amur is how it came to pass. And I've been sharing my music ever since, 10 years, and I've never really looked back. So, yeah. <laughs> so what got you, I mean, what, what was the number one thing that you feel that got you in, that, that inspired you to, to get into to music? Is it, is it nature? You said nature. Um, well, what, made yeah, you, what made you make I mean, the leap? Um, I, I mean, music in general, I've, I've always done, like, most of my life. I mean, I, I started playing piano when I was, like, just under five years old or something like that. I mean, as soon as I could basically climb up onto a piano stool, like, my parents had to drag me off it just so I'd eat my dinners. I would never go outside and play football or, or soccer. I think that's what you guys call it here. Um that's football. But, but, ever football. Since, but ever since then, I mean, I've, I've mostly been self-taught, and I've, I've pretty much done music all my life. I mean, it's, it wasn't until later that you know when I when I learned about the furry fandom and the way people were creating like ca uh, characters based on the animals that they get inspired by. That's that's what really like uh, drew me to it. What's been your biggest success as a musician in the fandom? Um, definitely the Abbey Road experience because that was actually funded primarily by the furry fandom. So it's it's, it's definitely something that the that, that they've actually given to me. So. I would say, like, getting to record at Abbey Road with a big orchestra. <laughs> it's, it's just it's amazing, actually, like, what the furry fandom can do when they actually, you know, pull together. They can do some pretty incredible things. So we recently had an episode in which we talked to, uh, well, the, unfortunately that episode kind of fell through, in which we were going to bring somebody from um, Britain over, mm -hmm. and they were going to talk a little bit about, um, you know... Cultural uh, differences. Cultural differences and stuff like that. Okay. Um, yeah. What would you say is some of the cultural differences that you that you've seen? Um, in t in terms of the UK, I mean, there, there was a lot of cultural differences. I mean, at, I mean, at the end of the day, we're all like a we're, we're all a family. We we get on with each other and we we cooperate. Um, but, but I guess it's, it's it's a hard one for me because a lot of people have different different opinions when they come from the UK. You know, different things mean different things to them and different things to me. So, but being a a, a Scotsman. Um, uh, we had the referendum recently, and I'm I'm proud to say that I've, I voted yes in it. I wanted Scotland to be an independent country. I'm, I'm not shy of admitting that. Um, but it's 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 one of these things in the UK where it's like there's there's more and more of a divide coming. I mean, I, I don't want, I don't want to talk about politics or anything like that. But there's yeah, I mean, there's there there is a lot of differences in the UK. But I think that's what makes the UK pretty fantastic. So if if you're you know if you've never been there before you you go to the UK it's an island you can travel like a couple hundred miles in another direction the dialect changes completely you're in a different country um, you go north Scotland South England and you go over to the west you can go into Wales and then get a ferry you can go to Ireland as well I mean it's a it's, it's a fantastic fantastic country to live in um, but yeah I mean there's there's, there's definitely a lot of uh, a lot of variety over there but I think that's what makes the UK great. So how's the furry fandom in that area? Um, it's pretty large, actually. I mean, I stay in Edinburgh, so there's there's, there's a few furries over there. Um, a lot of the furries are mainly in Glasgow, though. Um, Glasgow's a much bigger city, and they have a bigger draw. And uh, boy, do they know how to party over there. <laughs> well, um, we all know that the best drinks in the world come from that region anyway. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> pretty much teach the rest of the world. Un unless you're Russian, of course. I mean, they, they seem to be able to beat us as well, but... Well, that's, right. That's, that, they're the Russians. They're their own thing. Well, we'll just, we'll, you know what we'll do? We'll just, we'll say this. You, you happen to be a little bit more modern in your techniques. You use more than a bathtub. 
Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we've we've got warm water as well. We've we've just invented that. Oh, excellent! I you know it's great, and I enjoy it a lot. I'm sure that you will enjoy it too. Oh, it's great! It really does. It's, it's fantastic being able to not have to go out into the rain to clean yourself. It's great. Sweet. Well, hey, that's so, what I think that's all the, why the rain was in Scotland. It's just to, just to clean us off. So so we'll keep this just to a short spot interview because you know we know your time is valuable right now. But if someone wants to check out your work, where would you like us to point them? Um, if, if they use for affinity, they can go straight over there and um, put in the name F O X A M O R E Fox Amur. It's all one word. Um, they can catch my Twitter. My Twitter name is at Fox Amur again, all one word. Um, I mean, they, they could they could even Google me as well. I mean, I, I type them in there and I, I take up like the first fifty pages or something like that. It's kind of kind of scary actually. I'm, I'm too scared to actually use Google for looking for my stuff anymore. But yeah, if, if you go if you go on if they go on Twitter or for affinity, I mean, there's links there to like other pages like my Bandcamp and SoundCloud, and they can they can check out all my work there. I mean, I mostly do like soundtrack kind of work, um, but I, I do a mixture of everything. I've worked with a lot of musicians in the fandom. Some some of them like really really talented as well, and and you'll you'll probably like see a lot of them and discover a lot more music by checking that stuff out as well. Well, hey, thank you so much for joining us. We we really really appreciate you coming on and. Oh, the, ple- the pleasure Talk is absolutely mine. I've, awesome. I've been to Utah before. Um, I went to the uh, the Zion. Was it Zion National Park? Yeah, it's about three hours yeah. south of here. Yeah, it's absolutely gorgeous there. I mean, I was I was staying last year in uh, Colorado and Denver, and we did like a a day trip out there. So it was uh, it was pretty fantastic. Well, you'll have to come out again sometime. Yeah, you can come stay at our places. It would it would totally be my pleasure. Awesome. Yeah, feel free to keep in touch with me as well. I, Really like meeting new people. Yeah, come awesome. come out in October. There's a furry convention that happens there. It's called oh Furry Unlocked. So There's no conflict. Well, I mean, here. at the moment, October's not overly busy. I mean, most of my stuff gets done by September, then it picks up again by December. So you, you never know. Well, we do need some um, DJs, so. Oh, shut up. Okay, he's, he's banned. We're kicking him off the mic. But hey, go have yourself a good evening. Thanks for coming on. Thank again, you then. so much. We really hey, appreciate it. It's absolutely it. my pleasure. I'll, I'll pass you back to KP now, okay? Ooh. Okay, thank you. Bye bye. Thank bye. you. Hello. Hope that was a good surprise for you. It was. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, now we're going to punish you for that wonderful opportunity. So we have the, the game. game. So like, I, I'm assuming you've not listened to our show before, correct? I've listened a couple of times. Damn it. But it was a while back. Okay, cool. So you know what the game is. It's where we punish you for coming on. Um, and I said, Rui, you, you are loading it now. So I will introduce it to you. This game... I'm not even going to give you the title because it'll give it away, but I'll give you some instructions. It says you're going to be given 10 challenges to prove how much of a man you are. Okay. So now that your manhood's in question, you need to see if you can survive. The questions are worth one point if answered correctly and none if you fail. You are forbidden from using the internet to obtain information related to this game. Questions? Okay. No questions. Okay. The game's called Ofui. Okay. <laughs> Hong Kong. Well, you'll find out as soon as Rue gets that first question ready. You want me to go first question, Rue? Go ahead and do the first question. All right, first question. So how many episodes are in the series Hong Kong Fooey? Uh, 13. Oh, I'm so sorry. There are 16. Oh, so sorry. So, so sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, Rue's still loading. Question two. What is the name of Hong Kong Fooey's vehicle? The Fooey Mobile. That is correct. <laughs> Rue is sure not joining us in the game at all, apparently. So Go I'll ahead. Keep going. Who voiced Hong Kong Fooey? Uh, Scatman Carruthers. 
<laughs> what was that? I have multiple dings. It's all good. He's, he is a big ding, so don't worry. I'll show you a big he ding. Is a big Question ding. four. What is the reaction to civilians who are inconvenienced by Hong Kong Fui's driving or martial arts antics? Um, they typically are like wowed and go, oh my god, the great Hong Kong Fui. I feel so honored. Good job. All right, I think Rue's ready. Take All it right. away, Rue. Number five. Beyond Jeez. the automatic um, shape-shifting feature in the Fooey-Mobile, mm -hmm. what is the manual way to cause it to change shape? Well, you have to hit a gong on the side like a karate chop. That is correct. This, I didn't know it was on the side. It just said he hit a gong. Yeah, he has to hit a gong, but he has to hit it like he's doing a little karate chop. Hmm. Which re um, record label owns the Hong, Hong Kong Fooey theme song? The original or the one that was recently redone? I believe it's in reference to the original. The original? Yeah, what label owns it? I'm going to say Capital. The correct answer is MCA Records. Okay. They're all just one big family, but you know, it's the one on the yeah. label. Look, if I just said EMI, could I get half credit for it all being abbreviations? <laughs> 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 so let's see. Number seven. Mm -hmm. um, what crime does the first episode of the series cover? Uh, the first episode of the series. It was a, I believe it was a theft. What type of theft? Yeah, that's, theft? that's too generic. Yeah, because, I mean, there's a couple of them. Uh, the first one... Was it the Power Thief? Unfortunately, no. It was the Car Thief. The Car Thief, okay. So, Grand Theft Auto. The right. one where he was painting them all the different colors and repainting them. And... I, I just wikipedia I'm sorry. I don't know how to watch the show. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> you watch the show by pressing the little play button after you put the DVD in. I don't even know what that is. That's old you don't technology. Know what a, you don't know what a DVD is? No, it's too old. <laughs> is, that like, is that like a small record? All right, question eight. <laughs> what stereotypical setting does the last episode of the series take place in? Um, hold on. The last episode, I believe it took place in like a dojo or like some kind of Asian thing. Was it, or was it the laundry? The laundry? Yeah, there was a drink of laundry. That <laughs> you got this button will work all day, man. Uh, no, it, no, it was in the Wild West. Ah, okay. Okay, question nine. Question nine. Has the Hong Kong Fui series... Uh, been a home release in North America. Meaning I can go and buy it, not watch it on Netflix, not watch it on Boomerang. Well, considering I have it in my closet, yes. <laughs> For a bonus point, imaginary point, what year did it come out and you can't look? Uh, Hong Kong Fui released 2000, I believe it was 2004? That was really close. 2006. Okay. But you get a ding for getting the actual question right. Okay. All right. Question 10. I love the best. This is the best question, and you're not going to get it. You ready? What's uh -huh. the population of Hong Kong? What is the population of Hong Kong? <laughs> yeah. More than New York. 
That is not a number, sir. Try again. You didn't say it had to be a number. I want the population. Then you, who measures in New York? That's not a unit of measurement. <laughs> hey, to New Yorkers, have you ever seen their attitude? Yes, New York is, a, is an attitude of measurement. Um, I'm going to say the population of Hong Kong is roughly 11,750,000. I'm sorry. It's 7.234 million. <laughs> oh, okay. As of last year. So As what's, of last year. Yeah. Oh, what's the final score? Five. He got way more than five. Did, Did he? he get more than five? No, he got five. Oh, okay. Yeah. He was the one that counted. Okay. Well, there you go. What, what's that? That's the end of the game. No, that, that's dumb. <laughs> <laughs> You're dumb. <laughs> I'm thirsty. <laughs> <laughs> I only had five drinks. <laughs> okay, all right. Well, let's uh, let's move right along. Here we go. Well, actually, maybe I could I could give you a few games. Oh, I could give you a game. We have a, we have just a few minutes, so just a few minutes. Yeah, we still got two side, two things left to do. Okay, well, everybody knows that your 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 name is Tugs, correct? Yeah. Can you name an element that actually has the, the word, the letters T U G S in its name in the, in the next five seconds? Tungsten. You got tungsten. Very good. Yeah. So keeping on the elements. Before I got married, I had a ring made of that, and then I lost the ring. Anyway, what is what is the lowest element on the periodic table that does not exist in nature? It's not naturally occurring. Ununium. Nope. <laughs> Hell, if I know. It's I don't called, know. It's called technetium. And it is atomic where's, number either 42 or Where's my boyfriend? Where's my boyfriend when I need him? Oh. He knows all of the periodic table stuff. So. Oh, does he really? Yeah, he he knows it like the back of his hand. Isn't In that fact, because he, the he, half-life is like super, super short? Uh, it just never occurs in nature. Uh, it's something that occurs in space, but it does not occur on Earth. Ah. Uh, if you, you can actually find technetium in the... Uh, Earth layers where you believed that asteroids or comets had like hit, and there was a lot of dust settling. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's typically where you can find them. Okay, so not on Earth nature, but in stellar nature, it does Ex- exactly. Uh, splitting, okay. splitting hairs about it. Splitting atoms. So, and tugs. Question for you. Yes. Can you name at least three ingredients that can be included in the making of pepperoni? Meat, fat, and salt. <laughs> Nope. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm looking for the herbs and spices, the things that give it to flavor. Is that better? Um, meat, fat, and salt. They all have specific herby tastes. Very earthy. So, so the, the key things that give uh, pepperoni its unique flavor are peppers, garlic, fennel, and mustard seed. Ooh. Now, and now you know. Where's the more? Where's I do have that. <laughs> <laughs> I had garlic on my mind. But. Did you have a question? No. 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 All right, you've got time for one last one. One last question. Okay. Um, let me think real quick. Okay. Uh, Rue, you are familiar with the tele- with the uh, books and television film Winnie the Pooh, correct? Yes, I am. You are you are familiar with the character Rue? Yes, I that am. Is child of Kanga, correct? Mm-hmm. When was Rue created? Ooh, ouch. Well, uh, when you see when a mom kangaroo are you, are and a you dad just, kangaroo love <laughs> each other very much. Are you doing a year or an episode? What, do you, what a, answer are you? The year that A.A. Milne first featured Rue in a book. When was Rue created? Uh, 
you know, I'm gonna get it wrong, but it's, um, but you know, that day grew. I used, never mind. Um, 19, uh, 1970? Or 85? It was or a 85. little earlier than that. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, the year was 1926. Ah, you were close. You were very close. You were very no, close. You were, no, in the same, you were in the 20th off. century. That's pretty damn close. Given the entire length of the history that we know about, that's pretty close. There you go. <sighs> okay. So, so I got five of my questions right. Tugs got tungsten right. And I got uh, nothing. He, he seemed to have fat, meat, and grease and salt on the brain, so he didn't get the pepperoni question right. I want some fat and some salt right now. Maybe a little meat. <laughs> I actually terrible. have pizza sitting next to me. So. Hate you. Love you. All right. So I'm, I'm have, pushing this button. We have one last question for you. What? Okay. So how can they find more about you? More about me? Yes. Don't look. You'll be scared by what you find. But if you're really curious, um, I have an FA page. It is Cuddlepup, K-U-D-D-L-E-P-U-P. I have a Twitter account. It is also Cuddlepup, K-U-D-D-L-E-P-U-P. You can find information about our characters on pawpet.tv. That's P-A-W-P-E-T dot TV. And if you're wanting to just talk, excuse me, convention stuff and whatnot, you can also kind of drop a line through either the Anthrocon website for programming or through the megaplexcon.org website uh, through the contact list. Little plug for Megaplex. If anybody is interested in watching the Paw Pet Show live, that is one of the only, that and Anthrocon are two of the only places where we do uh, live Paw Pet shows. So you can actually catch us live and kind of see the magic happen and watch us fall on our face like we normally do live right in front of you. And you can get it on your own camera and laugh. Yay, live. <laughs> live. Live making a fool of yourself. It's awesome that way. All right, you ready well, for the next button? I totally killed that, Tugs. Go ahead and press that button. I forgot about the mailbag. All right, we've pulled the zipper down. It's time for the mailbag. It's a little mailbag today, at least. You didn't kill very many people. <laughs> what? I didn't get any hate mail. Okay. <laughs> so we have an email from Spark. Now, Spark emailed us on the last episode and was asking about Tumblr feminism. And we were like, we have no idea what you're talking about. So he wrote us and he said, hey, guys, thanks for talking about it on the show. Sorry I wasn't so clear about Tumblr feminism, but you were right in assuming it deals with the people of Gamergate. The woman you were thinking of, or the woman, is uh, Sarkeesian. I can't even say her first name. Uh, I'm fine with people having other opinions, but I don't know if I want to be associated with some of those people. For one of those ultra-feminist things, check out man-spreading. That sounds really ah. strange. I want to advocate for women and promote equality for all people, but when these people go on the opposite side and try to put women so far above men, I can't get behind that. And I feel like calling myself a feminist puts me into that camp. Again, thanks for all the time and all that good stuff. Spark. So, do you know what man-spreading is? It sounds really sexual, and I know that's not so what it is. So, what it is is when you, um, it's when, what KP does like, right if now. it's on the subway and stuff like that, um, and a woman gets on, or anybody gets on, and you know, you see the those guys that are spreading their legs like this. That's called man spreading. Why do you know that? That's a really strange thing to know. Uh, it's I just know it. I Whoa. Just, 
For some unknown reason, I thought manspreading was what Tugs put on all his food. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say a butter alternative. So apparently there's some sort of feminist... I'm sorry if I'm offending people. Um, There's a movement uh, to stop manspreading and and for people to be aware of, you know, of them being jerks or whatever on the subway because they're not, um, you know, they're not putting their legs together so that, you know, somebody can sit down next to them. That's I've seen, but I've seen women do the same thing and they put their shopping bag right between their legs and keeps it spread apart. You know what I see? I see people in the Disney World monorail spreading anyway, so I don't care. Well, that's just because they're eating all of the pepperoni with the fat and the salt and the grease and the meat. <laughs> okay. They're just spreading naturally. It's, it's more of a, a political type. So, I think that's it. But uh, I'm glad we hit it on the head, Spark. We have one email. And it's really short. So I'm going to kind of take it and translate it into a question. It's from Xavier. And he wrote us and said, let my puppets come is the thing you should look at. And so I, I Wikipedia'd it and I said... That's an interesting thing, but I don't think that's going to quite fit with what we're going for for the topic. So I'm going to twi- switch this email around and say, do you know what this movie is, KP, and what are your thoughts on it? Uh, I have not seen the film, so I really don't want to comment one way or the other because I might offend somebody. I'll just say, yay, awesome, it's a movie. Maybe maybe you shouldn't. Here's what it says. I, like, okay. this is, I, I Wikipedia'd it, and it says, let my puppets come, <clears throat> or let my puppets go, depending on where you're buying it is a 1976 porno film written and directed by a bunch of people, and all the scenes in the film are between puppets or puppets on human. The whole movie is this. Okay. So, is this like... Okay, so furries have mursuiters, and that's kind of a topic that is is hot button. Is, there, is, is this kind of thing in the puppet world the same sort of thing? I don't think so, because that movie actually sounds more like Team America, the uncut version. <laughs> there are two cuts. 45 minutes for the, for the cut, 75 minutes for the uncut. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, if Team America is, you know, all about that and that was puppet on puppet action and whatnot, hey, Kim Jong-il, oh, don't do that, Hans Briggs. <laughs> well, hey, you know, Avenue Q has puppet on puppet ac- um, action. Right. I just didn't know as, a, as someone who puppets if you found that sort of thing to be distasteful. KP's like, no, I secretly love it, but I'm not going to um, tell you that. Well, I just I don't really go in that direction very often. It's very rare that I do. So, um, so you find it I, I, I just it's not something that's in my mind most of the time. You know, to to think in that direction. I try to be more clever. So I, I don't know to be honest. I, I don't. I guess it would be offensive if it was done badly. I guess it would be funny if it was done fair enough in a in a humorous way. Hmm. I've never seen a puppet turn me on. <laughs> You're not electric. You know, it's okay. I, I was going to say, I'm not the electric company. I'm not going to turn <laughs> it on. I'm not going to bring you the power. All right. Um, well, I, that's it then. I guess we'll move out of the mail back to the next little thing. You ready? Yep. All right. Housekeeping. Did I, did I just turn into Masterpiece Theater? <laughs> no, it's housekeeping. So this is where we... Do the little fiddly bits we don't get to do anywhere else on the show, like telling you to comment on the site. It makes it look like our site has traffic, and that's good. And we love social media. Talk to us on Twitter or Facebook. And I will respond, because I don't have a Facebook. I'll do the Twitter. I, I respond to Facebook. So here, here, here you go. You know what Facebook is? If you is? want to talk to Tugs, talk on Twitter. If you want to talk to me, talk on Facebook. There you go. 
Okay, so wait a minute. So what is Tugs's handle? Because people will need to know that. Well, it's at for what it's worth for the show. At so is it at F W I W or no. is it at for what it's worth? For what it's yep. worth. It's at for what it's worth. For what it's worth. Oh, there you are. I'm going to add you. I'm going to follow you. Yay! Oh, yay! We have an extra follower. Now we have seven. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone cried a little bit. <laughs> Hold on. I'm sending you a tweet, Tugs. You, you, you don't know what you're doing. You know what I think Facebook is? It's that book from the Care Bears movie with the face in it. That's what Facebook <laughs> no, is. No, that's terrible. <laughs> it's true. We want to see everything, Nicholas. The, the book. All of your things. <laughs> we want to turn the whole world into a book of faces. That's exactly what Facebook is. <sighs> oh, I should go to the show Twitter and log out of this Twitter instead. <laughs> okay, so Tugs, I just tweeted to you. We'll Yay. See. You will get a response very shortly, madam. So... Now, since the show is coming to a close, I want to let you know, everyone, I'm leaving. I'm going to run to Target right now to go pick up some amazing Tim Tams. No, you may not go to Target yet. Why? Because you invited me here. Keep me entertained. Okay. Forever. <laughs> you invited me here. Keep me okay, entertained. Okay. So, so, so for what it's worth, there, there is a tweet out there waiting. I just uh, showed it to him. I, I retweet. I retweet it. There, I just said it. I retweeted it. No, you have to say it on the show. Say the following: boop de boop and shoom bop a lala o wada goo slam. Siam. Oh, uh, it looks like an L. So say it all again. I want to hear it right. I don't know where this is going. I'm gonna hit the button. Boop de boop and shoom bop a lala la o wada goo siam. Oh, what a goose I am. Ah! Oh, I hate you. Oh, no. No, that was awesome. Now! See, you can be clever and not have to be vulgar. Yeah, that's true. And it made all of you laugh, except for Tugs. It made him cringe. I did. I died a little bit. Just a little bit. Stop it. Hey, I got another tweet from you. Well, no, I got a tweet from Fox Moore. Did oh, you know? Yeah. He said, have a love, had a lovely conversation and interview with For What It's Worth tonight. Thanks for having me, guys. Aw. He is like the nice, one of the nicest people on the face of the earth, isn't he? He is. Yes, definitely. He really, really is. He's I like one of the nicest people on any continent anywhere. It's true. All right. Well, this is the end. So, we have reached the end. What's okay. our next episode, Ruchi? Oh, the next episode I'm is... I'm so excited for you to say this word. Mersuits! Yay! Well, well thanks, guys. <laughs> you want to come on? No, no. Uh, don't know that much about him, but... Oh, good. You can you, tune in and find out. That's good. Yeah, if you want me to. Hey, but. hey, I, I, you know... Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what I'm trying to say here. I apologize that, that our next episode that's going to be following you happens to be a sexual one. We should never apologize for our content. This is just how it is sometimes. Well, more than likely, we're going to have an amazing guest that is going to have... Yes, yes. I can't even keep a straight face right now. Ah, stop it, Tugs. That's Ruse getting excited. All right, cool. So send us your emails. You have just a few days. Our recording schedule is reverting back to normal, so you'll have about four or five days, depending on when you listen. And we will read your questions on the air, and it will be so much fun for everyone. 
well, I'm super hungry, um, and I'm two hours behind you, KP, so I think I'm going to go and find dinner myself. Okay, can I give you some wonderful words to live by? Yes. All right, so wonderful words to live by. Everyone, treat the world like a Baskin-Robbins with 31 flavors. The world is full of many interesting things. You should try them all. (laughs) Very true. Well, and in saying that, this has been Rue. This is Tugs. I'm KP somewhere out here. (laughs) (laughs) And this has been For For What what It's Worth. And you had to say it, KP. This is my favorite, favorite moment in the life. What, what, what do I have to say? The show name. You have to say it all by yourself now. Okay. Everyone, thank you for watching the Fun Day Pophead Show. We have. No, <laughs> uh, everyone, thanks for joining us on For What It's Worth. Woo!